first semester at Union Theological Seminary when I had an experience that has remained with me and has left an indelible mark on my spiritual and ministerial formation. I was still very new in New York City, having arrived from Washington, D.C., where I had been practicing as a licensed graduate social worker following my graduation from Howard University with a master's degree in social work. I knew it was during my first month in the city because the invitation came to join in the church service at a church in Queens, wherever that was. I had no idea how I would get to Queens. Being a novice to the New York City subway system, I didn't know how I would make my journey. Being a novice to the system didn't prepare me for the journey from my studio apartment in Harlem on the campus of Union Seminary to East Elmhurst, Queens. I didn't know where I was going, nor where I'd end up. Yet the purpose of the trip dictated a certain level of excitement and commanded my attention. Here I was traveling to be a guest of the guest preacher for a Sunday afternoon worship service, a women's day service. From my experience, and knowledge of this communal celebration, I knew to expect it to be a big deal. And it was. The preacher was the spiritual mentor for my best friend, the Reverend Milford Lockhart. Retired by then, she had been a nurse administrator in Washington, D.C.'s D.C., District of Columbia, General Hospital. She was also a powerful preacher whose proclamation of this very text by Paul spoke into my spirit in a way that has never left me. The part of the message that made a lasting impression was a challenge presented to every Christian and dare I say, every human. The call to follow Christ is a call to press beyond every temporal experience and human failing to do good for God's kingdom and all God's creation. That's what the Lord's Supper allows us to accomplish. We have no strength of our own or for our own purposes. As we enter a new week of COVID, as a spiritual community, as we embrace the thought that today is World Communion Sunday, that began to be a new focus for me. Since the first presidential debate, we have come to a heightened sense of where our disunity lies as a country. Some of us are trying not to give in to becoming weary. We see sadness, frustration, anger, bitterness, fear, and anxiety in others all around us, maybe even in ourselves. We now see the president and first lady test positive for COVID-19. There is no business as usual. Police officers distributing masks on city streets to help is not business as usual. Long food lines around the country that continue, not business as usual. 
Airlines furloughing 32,000 workers is not business as usual. Local families are moving out of the city while others have no options and no place to go. Not business as usual. And some don't even have the means to pay their rent or mortgage. It's not business as usual. Wildfires still rage across California and other Western states with more than 2,000 firefighters now trying to stop a gas fire. It's not business as usual. To many people who are still filled with worry, it's understandable. In this text, we see ourselves and the liminality of this national moment. It is clear that Paul is communicating a different message as a result of his life-altering experience with God. He is speaking to his Jewish community while addressing new people of the way. Some would say his experience sounds like that of an immigrant. Lack of stability, the constant feeling of absence, and the longing for arrival. Like so many, Paul is in the middle of a journey, some might say trapped. He describes his existence as suspended between what lies behind and what lies ahead. As we read in verse 13, to truly register this, we come to realize that no one can escape the journey of selfhood. No one has yet arrived. And no matter the vicissitudes of life, we continue on a journey. We are all in the process of becoming and to know Christ is to live in a liminal space. In other words, as one scholar notes, every identity, religious identity, ethnic identity, racial identity, gender identity, and so on, is a play, a dance, in between this binary beginning and end. The end goal is not due to one party alone. Contrary to what some may say in this climate, it is not a partisan issue. Finally, as one of my heroes, Barbara Jordan said, which continues to help me refocus from time to time, a government is invigorated when each of us is willing to participate in shaping the future of this nation. To me, that is the high calling worth pressing on to achieve. Beloved, we must not grow weary in doing good. As Paul writes to the Galatian community, we must continue to press on. Like Paul, we can only press on and stay the course. He envisioned an inclusive society that was open to Jews and Greeks, slaves and free people, male and female alike. He endorsed a society that celebrated differences because as he also writes in Galatians, all are one in Christ Jesus. The experience at the table of our Lord gives us what we need in order to press on to love and embrace others. The preacher I heard more than 20 years ago said, we must continue to press on to leave our mark that cannot be erased. 
The Reverend Milford Lockhart roused that congregation with the proclamation of the gospel in such a way that I will always remember just how that sermon touched me. It touched me and it left an impression even upon my heart. Like this text, we press toward the mark at times leaving behind old identities and past experiences, we press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus by giving of ourselves in service to humanity. We press toward the mark, fighting for civil justice, racial justice, economic justice, environmental justice, and any form of oppression facing all of God's children today. This is the righteousness of God. The sermon ended on that day with the clarion call toward justice as the high calling of Christ. I believed it to be so then, and I believe it to be so now. As we press on, as we press on to leave our mark that cannot be erased, what will your mark be? Just know that whatever it is, let it be the righteousness of God. So as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, I leave you with the words of this hymn of my youth, known as higher ground, but also known as I'm pressing on the upward way. The hymn writer writes, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. May you come to know the God who can place your feet on higher ground as you continue to press toward the mark. May you continue to press toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus.